Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. What's up? Good morning. What a weekend it was. Like a sports fans, I mean, just there are very few weekends that really get better than this. I know in the fall we'll have, uh, you know, baseball playoffs and football mixed in and stuff like that. This past fall, we probably had the best sports days uh, like ever with the Masters and stuff mixed into to football season. But what a weekend this past one was. And we're here this morning talk about as much as I can in under 30 minutes. You had March Madness, of course, March Madness, by the way, our bracket challenge. Uh, I'm looking good. I don't know how this happened because the way I filled out my bracket um, (laughs) was, okay, I don't want to tell on myself. So what I'm going to do is just not say anything at all. But I am... Third in our bracket challenge right now. I'm in the 99th percentile on ESPN's bracket challenge. I don't know how that happened. Um, and I'm not going to tell you how I filled out the bracket because then you guys just won't uh, you guys just won't respect me anymore. That's the truth. It's like Edwin McCain. Uh, you know that song I'll Be by Edwin McCain? It was like 90s kids, like first love song for their little girlfriend. Uh, Edwin McCain has said multiple times if he told people how he wrote that song and like where the inspiration came from, you wouldn't like it anymore. Same thing here. I'm not going to tell you how I fit on my bracket because you may not respect me anymore. And I'm winning too, so I just got to own it. But anyway, so we got that. We got baseball, all kinds of stuff to talk about right here on Mike in the Morning. Of course, I'm Michael Borky. Thank you so much for tuning in and making this a part of your day. Real quick, before we get started, if you're watching on stream, this is also live on YouTube. Search my name, that one right there. Uh, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It is absolutely free. Hit that notification bell. You'll see when this goes live every single day. Follow me on all social media you can find, except for Instagram. I don't use Instagram or TikTok yet, although I think my wife is trying to convince me uh, to get one. I don't know if sports media guy is good on TikTok, but we'll see. We'll see if she can talk me into it. Um, Follow me all on there and subscribe to the podcast. So search Mike in the Morning on iTunes or Michael Borky on Spotify. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review. Thank you again for tuning in. That's right. We have March Madness. Uh, Ole Miss swept Auburn this weekend. Uh, Auburn has not won in Oxford in like seven years in baseball. Like not one game. Uh, Ole Miss just owns Auburn in baseball, apparently. Mississippi State took two really important games from LSU in Baton Rouge. Southern Miss sweeped. And you just, you love to see that. I mean, I know that, that you guys care about baseball more than any other state, especially per capita. I mean, there are more people that attend college baseball games in Mississippi than any other state. And so you love to see when that care turns into uh, excellence on the field. Uh, For what it's worth, the top 25, not really a whole lot changed. Uh, Vanderbilt did jump Arkansas. So Arkansas uh, just went two and two last week. 
and got smoked by Alabama on Friday night, turned around and won the series, though. So they fell back a spot. Vanderbilt now is number one. Arkansas two, Mississippi State three, Ole Miss four, and Florida five. Yeah, the SEC still owns the top five spots uh, in the college baseball rankings because, of course, it does. Um, You just love to see – this is sarcasm, by the way. uh, You just love to see a team like Vanderbilt who gets to play by a completely different uh, set of rules than everybody else uh, work their way to the top and be – be on top of the sport. You just you love to see it, right? A team that first because college baseball and the way it's set up, um, college baseball will never grow to the point where people want it to. If there's this kind of discrepancy in in who can give what to players, that that's the truth. I mean, why, why until you give or give the opportunity to allow full scholarships for your baseball team when schools like Vanderbilt can game the system the way they can. College baseball is just going to be niche and uh, not – I mean, it'll never make it like basketball and football will, but I think it stunts the growth, honestly. Uh, I could be wrong. I just – seeing Vanderbilt literally being able to give more in scholarship money to their players than other schools, I, that's just wrong. That's just wrong. Um, but nothing's going to be done about it, so we just got to suck it up and deal. At least we got two teams in the top five, right? And I think, even with Rocker and Lighter, I think that Ole Miss and Mississippi State could beat Vander. I think they can, and uh, we certainly will see. Um, but March Madness, I'll start with that, then turn around back to baseball. Um, has anybody else like had their interest wane a little bit? I, I always kind of hit that wall when it comes to March Madness. Like the first two days, I'm all in. I am all in. Like keeping up with every single game, just mind-blowing upsets, all this stuff. Yeah. Um, My interest is kind of waning a little bit, which is so odd because this is the exact tournament that I I want, that I've begged for, that I've called for. Paul, you're right. I mean, it's just been nuts. Still alive today, still alive in the tournament, this is day four, is Ohio University, the Bobcats, Abilene Christian, they play later today. Oral Roberts. And what about Mike White, by the way? So Oral Roberts beats Ohio State and then Florida. Um, I mean, Ohio State fans are mad, whatever, but they just won the Big Ten. There's some unrest in Gainesville, some displeasure with uh, with Mike White, and this is only going to make that worse. I mean, they go from Billy Donovan winning national championships to getting bounced in the round of 32 by Oral Roberts. Yikes. Uh, Loyola Chicago, who plays some of the best offense you'll see in basketball. I mean, the, their movement away from the ball is excellent, and, and everything they do is with a purpose. Seriously. like I, I'm not the biggest college basketball fan because, I mean, we've talked about it before. I, I just prefer the NBA game. I think the players are better skilled and they score more. But watching Loyola Chicago conduct offense is a joy to watch. I'm not. I'm not even kidding. Like, there's no sarcasm. I'm not being uh, hyperbolic. I get joy watching Loyola Chicago conduct their offense. It is so much fun to watch. Every movement's with a purpose. It is so smart, and every player ex- knows where the next pass is supposed to go. Every player knows where every other player on the court is going to be. They're not incredibly skilled. They're not the best shooters. They're not the best athletes, but their offense is brilliant to watch. I love watching Loyola Chicago 
uh, play basketball. Those two games that they have played so far in this tournament have just been awesome. Um, and if you haven't checked them out yet, do it. And watch them with a purpose. Like, really focus on on their sets and their movement away from the basketball, and, and you'll have a blast watching them. They are, they are um, as fundamentally sound, and the, the sets are, like I keep saying, they're with a purpose. Every movement on the court is with a purpose. And the, the way that they just had Illinois on their heels the entire game, it, it was unbelievable. Illinois had better players, a lot better players than Loyola Chicago. But Loyola Chicago was simply much better coach. And he they coached circles around Illinois. It was it was a joy to watch. So they're still alive. A 12-seed Oregon State is still alive. I know Syracuse is not by any stretch of, an, of the imagination um, like an underdog or anything, but they were still uh, a 10-seed. North Texas even won a game in this tournament. The parity... This is what college football is missing. This is what I've complained about with college football for so long. This tournament, the teams that I just mentioned, still alive, Ohio, Abilene Christian, Oral Roberts, Loyola Chicago, a 12 seed in Oregon State, these teams that are still alive in this tournament. I mean, when you look at the Midwest region of the bracket, one of these teams has to make the Final Four. It's either going to be Loyola Chicago, Go Oregon State in 11 seed Syracuse or Houston. That's who's one of those teams has to make the final four. Either Loyola Chicago or a 12 seed Oregon State is going to make the Elite Eight. It is, it's been awesome. Excuse me. But, um, and you get great stories like the one out of Ohio. Um, Ohio's best player is a guy that, well, I don't know if he's their best player, but uh, Jason Preston, he's the guy with the great hair uh, that plays for Ohio. He did not start a single high school basketball game until his senior night, and they only started him because he was a senior. He played 54 minutes in his high school career. Couldn't even play on his high school team. So he goes to college at Central Florida just to go to college, to be a student, moving on with his life. But he hit a growth spurt, like a six-inch growth spurt between when he was a senior in high school to when he was at Central Florida. And then there was a, a tournament that uh, that was nearby. If I'm getting the story correctly, I think I've got every detail down pat. I'm not reading it. This is just based on what they told on television. So he was going to go to Central Florida, hit this growth spurt, but uh, one of his friends was on an AAU basketball team and they needed a player. They were down players, so they just needed somebody. He plays and lights it up. So he decides, forget Central Florida. I'm going to go to prep school. He goes to prep school, gets recruited by Ohio University. Now he's a star in the NCAA tournament. He went from only getting a start on senior night in high school to growing like six inches in a year and then enrolling in prep school and being a star in the NCAA tournament. It's such a cool story. Um, Stuff like that that we're getting in this year's tournament. It's what we missed last year. It's what we love about the tournament so much. And this is what college football is missing. This is what college football is missing. Parity. Different people. Different stories. 
Because like I said, you've got Ohio, Abilene Christian, Oral Roberts, Loyola, Chicago, a 12-seed Oregon State, a 10-seed Syracuse. I mean, North Texas, again, North Texas won a game in this tournament. You don't have that in college football. And that's what's missing. But also, there are people that are using this kind of stuff to say things like, well, this is why college football needs to go to a 16-team playoff. No. Also, that, that's not it either. I don't know how to fix the college football thing. We've d- discussed it before. I have my ideas. But you can say that this parody is great. You love the tournament because all these teams and also understand that this wouldn't happen in college football. You could go to a 2014 playoff. Guess who's never losing? Alabama. I mean, Alabama's not losing to Abilene Christian or the winner of Conference USA. It's not going to happen like that. Football is a completely different game. That is far, the, the talent and the size and the speed is far more concentrated at the top. And you can't have off shooting nights in football. It's a completely different sport. So people are using the, the current status of this tournament as uh, well, here this is why college football is shutting out the uh, conference USA champion because this would happen there. No, it wouldn't. It wouldn't go down like this in football. I love the parody in this tournament. I think it's great that. Well, until you Google Oral Roberts, it's great that Oral Roberts is is involved here. Um, I love that. It's great. But this would not happen the same way in football. Not even close. We see it time and time again. Like, even Cincinnati. So Cincinnati should have beaten Georgia in the Peach Bowl. So a team that goes undefeated and is at the top of their conference can maybe compete with the SEC's second best team. Maybe. But you're not getting a 12-5 upset. And it, that just it, it would not happen that way at all. Wouldn't happen that way. Like take Loyola Chicago, for example, a team that I just said runs some of the best offense I've ever seen. Because they do. So it's some of the best offense I've ever seen. Um, they could do that. You could have the best offense in college football, the best, most creative, most incredible offense in college football. And if you're running it with um Utah State's athletes, you're not beating Alabama. It's just not happening. Different sports. So I hate to see that that's what people are kind of posturing it into is because it's it's not true. That that wouldn't be the best way to to determine a champion in college football, at least to me. I don't think so. Um, I love the parody. I think it's great. It wouldn't happen this way in football. Football's problem is not lack of access to the tournament. It's lack of teams that could actually do any kind of damage in the tournament. Hell, Alabama plays an SEC-only schedule and runs through it like it's nothing. I mean, do you honestly think that the winner of the Southern Conference, um, the Citadel, would actually upset Alabama in the playoffs? No, absolutely no shot. But uh, it's been fun. My my interest is waning some. I, hopefully they get me back today. I get to see Gonzaga play a game today, and uh, that's my national champion. So 
Fingers crossed. Hope they win. Um, you've got some pretty good games today. Oregon, Iowa. Oregon has yet to play in this tournament because VCU had to back out because of COVID positives. Uh, so right here in uh, three hours from now, you got a pretty compelling game with Oregon and Iowa. We'll see if Abilene Christian can move on to the Sweet 16. We'll see if Ohio can move on to the Sweet 16. Both of those teams are back in action today. Wiretap Will and LSU are playing Michigan later today. Only a five-point line in that game, so some people believing in LSU. Colorado-Florida State's pretty compelling. That's later on. Um, Alabama's a team that I picked to make a run to the Final Four. Uh, We'll see how they look against Maryland today. And your nightcap is USC-Kansas. I mean, the games are good. The storylines are compelling. I just... I've got to talk myself into it today. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. I'm just, I'm kind of doing this, going downhill a little bit. I got to psych myself back up. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'll do that. On the baseball front, it was a heck of a weekend. It, it was just a heck of a weekend. So Mississippi State gets, uh, they won their first two games in Baton Rouge. Like we predicted on the Friday radio show, you know, we, um, all three of us said that Mississippi State's probably going to win two, and it's likely going to be the first two. Well, sure enough, uh, Blind Squirrel catches a nut every so often because that's exactly what happened. And there's two ways you can look at the series for Mississippi State. Obviously, there's no spinning it. Winning a series at LSU is exclusively good. That's it. I mean, it is it is awesome. Winning a series in Baton Rouge. I think Mississippi State was the only road team to win a series I think uh this weekend without uh, checking I think I remember that correctly but the problem is um I think Mississippi State's got two problems one the bats aren't great now like I said on the Sunday show yesterday um they pitch it so well that I mean the bats don't even need to be great right now I mean seriously Mississippi State could average two runs per game for the rest of SEC play and still host a regional. I mean, that's how good they've been pitching it lately. But the bats are concerning, and then it's time to go to Fristo on on Sunday. I think that that is. Uh, I think that's that's the move. Um, that's the move. Uh, he came out of the pen on Sunday and, and was was good. And that needs to be the guy that starts. With all due respect to Sarantola, I think he's lost his job. Um, I think he's lost his job. Anyway, nice series win, though, for Mississippi State. I mean, no doubt about it. No, no other way to spin it. Winning a series in Baton Rouge is always, always impressive. 50% capacity or, or not doesn't matter. Winning a series in Baton Rouge is, uh, is killer. So, especially with the way they pitch it. And what cracked me up is... Um, Saturday night, <laughs> Landon Sims has been so good. His strikeout to to uh, um, just the amount of players he strikes out compared to players he faces going into Saturday was like thirty five to thirty. So he like he saw thirty five batters so far this season and struck out thirty of them, something like that, and. After he got the save in Saturday's game, I thought to myself, he didn't pitch that well. That shows you how good he is. The standard that he has set for himself, he went two innings, gave up only two hits, and struck out two. And got the save. And in my head, I was like, he's been better. (laughs) That's how good he's been. 
Um, completely unhittable and a really nice win, series win for for Mississippi State for sure. Um, I'd be concerned about the bats a little bit, um, but that's just nitpicky. Uh, that's just a really nice series win over a, a LSU team that regardless uh, of where they are in any given year, winning two in Baton Rouge is always, always a big deal. Ole Miss got back on track uh, yet again. Uh, so they they lost that series to UCF, then they won, what was it, seven in a row, and then lost to ULM and Louisiana Tech in the midweek, and fans started getting concerned again, and here they go, uh, sweeping Auburn. And they won it three different ways as well. So Friday night, um, Gunnar Hoagland was just exceptional, and one home run, and Ole Miss wins one to nothing. Saturday, uh, they win six to five, um, gave up a couple runs late, but... Six to five game, close game. They get the win, and then on Sunday it's Gorilla Ball. I mean, they had 19 runs in the game. They gave up a nine spot to Auburn uh, in the top of the eighth in a game that took four hours and an inning. That eighth inning, where Auburn scored nine runs and Ole Miss responded with two more runs or five more runs scored, uh, took almost an hour. That one inning, I. Uh, I turned the game off when it was 10 to nothing in the fourth. And I started doing yard work. I cut the grass and then I took the dog on a run. And then my wife and I ordered food. And I went to go pick up the food and turn my car on. And the oldest game was still on the radio. <laughs> so I stopped watching in the fourth inning and I cut the grass, took the dog on a run cooled off, we ordered food, and I went to go pick up the food, and the game was still being played, and it was still the eighth inning. Just miserable, miserable Sunday baseball. But um, the good news for Ole Miss, not so much about sweeping Auburn, which, of course, is great. I mean, anytime you can get three wins in SEC play, when wins are at a premium in this conference, um, you jump for joy and celebrate. But I think it was more on the injury front. One, they kind of figured out their lineup, but also this coming weekend when they go to Tuscaloosa, Doug Nikhazy, will be back in the lineup, which is a great, great thing for that team. And then Southern Miss swept. So what a weekend. State goes to LSU and takes two. Ole Miss sweeps Auburn. Southern Miss sweeps. We have March Madness. It's impossible to keep up with it all. I mean, you could have three TVs and then like be scrolling through Twitter and still miss stuff that happened this weekend. It's crazy. But a really, really good weekend. Really good weekend. For sure. I can't believe I'm in the 90th, 99th percentile in the bracket, too. That'll change uh, very, very quickly. But whew, that's a lot. That is a whole lot. Y'all enjoy your week. We'll be back tomorrow uh, talking more March Madness and anything else uh, that comes across our way. Lane Kiffin was trolling the SEC on Twitter, uh, asking for another fine. He was. I, I mean, just completely asking for it. Um, just cracking me up. He tweeted, he was at the baseball game. He tweeted a picture of uh, the umpires doing a review and said, maybe the SEC will get this one right. Because <laughs> they were playing Auburn. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's funny. That's just good stuff. So enjoy your basketball today. Listen to the radio show, of course. We'll be talking about that. Um, y'all have a great week. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel. And I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow morning. 
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.